What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Xbox Drive, episode 283, all about things and stuff. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Turford, the man on the moon. I'm like, again, I'm like kind of like blending the RPG Cave intro and this intro together, Matt, where I'm like wanting to call myself the uh, level 99 human archmage. And I'm like, that's that's the wrong shell. I don't even know what I'm doing here anymore. Ryan, you can be the level 99 archmage no matter where you are, what show you're on. I, I support you in that endeavor. That's true. I mean, you know, being an archmage, being a magician, Matt, is it more of a more of a state of mind rather than, you know, the ability to be able to use stat sheets and whatnot. By the way, of course, joining me this week, the blue box himself, Matt Sawinski, is here. How's it going, Matt? What, what's up? Stoked to be here. Stoked uh, to bring my blue boxness over to the green box. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a, a a fun little roller coaster of a time, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, this is part of my you know, uh, idea to try and bring kind of new people, even though Matt's not new to Carpool Gaming. But Matt's never been on the Xbox Drive before. Like, we've never done this show together. We've done the PlayStation Drive together for, for a while, like a bunch mm -hmm. of episodes. But we've never done this show together. So I thought it'd be fun to have, like, a PlayStation Drive reunion, but also talk about Xbox. And we even have uh, Xbox or uh, PlayStation-adjacent stuff to talk about today, which is exciting as well. But, of course, this is the Xbox Drive. We talk about Xbox all the time. So folks at home, if you want to support the show... There's a number of awesome ways to do that. Number one, if you're watching the live stream right now over at youtube.com slash carpoolgaming, or if you're watching the video on demand later, don't forget to like the video, subscribe if you haven't subscribed already, and ding, 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 ring that notification bell to be notified whenever we go live or when we put up a new video like Carpool Gaming Weekly, which of course is once again popping off, so make sure to go check out uh, all the, 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 the all the news over there at Carpool Gaming Weekly. Uh, you can also support us on your audio feed of choice by, of course, subscribing there if you haven't subscribed already, as well as rating us if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And then, last but not least, if you want this show or any other show's audio first, you can head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash carpoolgaming, as well as some exclusive content. Throw a little tip in the old tip jar and out comes content. Well, without further ado, Matt, it is time to grab our 8-tracks, pop a bandit this time for the playlist, and uh, we got to talk about the games we've been playing this week. So, Matt, start us off. What did you play this week, my friend? Yeah, uh, sadly not on Xbox, but uh, I'm still knee-deep in Trails to Azure. Can't stop playing it. Of course, we talked about it at length on the RPG Cave, so go check that out there if you're interested. It's a fantastic RPG, one of my absolute favorites. Um, but the thing that I am excited about, Ryan, is uh, thanks to our friends over at PlayStation Canada, uh, I am I'm currently in the midst of downloading MLB The Show on Xbox. Ooh. So yeah, strap in. I'm uh, uh, you know my my first MLB. Uh, of course, Court is a massive longtime fan. Uh, played so much of it last year, he quite literally injured himself. So I'm excited to kind of you know dive into the world of MLB and and kind of see what see what's good in the world of baseball. Um, but that's kind of been my my major area right now. And, of course, we'll have more thoughts on MLB The Show 23 very, very soon, Ryan. But what have you been playing? Because I feel like you have a pretty cool list of stuff this week, my friend. I'm not going to lie, Matt. I played a whole bunch of stuff. Because, of course, I also played Trails of Roger. But, again, we're not going to talk about that. There. It's not even on Xbox. But, um, you know, it is on the show. But I did play two pretty big major new releases. Number one. That I got to talk about at least a little bit, but I'm not going to, you know, talk too much because we do have an in-depth conversation coming next week for it. Uh, Diablo 4's beta was last weekend, and it's also this weekend. The open beta is actually happening this weekend. Um, mm. But I, Matt, went down the rabbit hole. I played uh, 20 hours of the Diablo 4 beta last weekend. It was live for two days. 
Um, okay. And, and did uh, you get did I you play- get the cute puppy backpack thing that I keep seeing all oh, that over was the easy. internet? That was easy. You oh, just had to get to level twenty it. as one of your characters, which all takes right. about you know five or ten hours to get to. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no, I play- I rolled through the three character like three character classes you had available at the in the first beta, which was the the sorcerer, the barbarian, and um, the the rogue. And then we mm-hmm. have two other classes coming, the Necromancer and the Druid, in this beta that's happening this weekend, um, which I'm excited to try out those two new classes uh, this weekend as well. But I just, again, I couldn't put it down, Matt. It, it was so, so awesome. Like, it, 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 like I even though I tend not to like to play betas that long because I know usually the progress doesn't carry over, and in this case, it doesn't, obviously, besides, of course, the one collectible that you can unlock. Um, mm-hmm. I just couldn't put this game down like i was having so much fun with it like i just had a blast because the gameplay loop is just so addictive um mm. combined with the fact that um they added some interesting elements to this game for example if you, because um during the the beta itself you have to play online with other players um it almost feels like an mmo in a lot of ways like it feels closer to something like lost ark in a way where you'll go into the the towns or you're you're in like kind of the overworld area before going into dungeons and stuff and you're just seeing players everywhere doing mm. stuff and you're you can interact with people you can you can just do kind of like pickup parties with people if you want to um or you can play or again when you go into dungeons or do the story stuff you're just on your own at that point or or you can un, you can invite people or you can play couch co-op which was also interesting in the the beta as well um, that they had that feature there. Um, really, in the beta, which is interesting. So, um, yeah, I, I just again, I'll talk about it more le- next week um, because I I think we want to have a big in depth discussion with a couple awesome guests. I don't want to re- reveal who they are yet because um, we I just want to make sure everything's confirmed uh, before we announce who that is. But uh, I think there's going to be some awesome people to talk about next week. Matt, go ahead. Yeah, Matt from the Press Pool. Uh, quick question. Did you play all of the classes, and was there an early standout for you so far out of the three that you got to mess with last week? Um, so of the three I got to – so first off, those are the only three that are available now. There's going to be five in the total game, and we're going to mm. have all five after this weekend. Um, right. we'll, I'll get a chance to try Necromancer and Druid uh, this weekend. Um, of the, So I did try all three of them. I'm leaning more towards the sorcerer as the most fun. Um, okay. So they're they're interesting because the the sorcerer is basically just a bunch of uh, elemental spells, uh, fire, lightning, and, and frost, and you kind of choose kind of which path you want to go on, or you can kind of not focus on anything in particular. But it makes sense to actually focus on one of the three, which is another interesting change this time around, um, because it it goes back similarly to the style of. Um, talent tree system that you had in Diablo 2 or like it's a modified version of that. Like it's, it's not exactly the same, but it's very similar to how talents work in that game. So there's actually upside for choosing a specific, you know, side of things. Um, the rogue was, uh, was a fun mix of bows and arrows and melee skills and traps. Um, and I thought that was like probably the most unique class of the three of them because um, it doesn't really feel a lot like any of the classes we've had before. And then uh, the Barbarian was just the Barbarian. You just smash things. That's just <laughs> the Barbarian plays. So, uh, yeah, of the three, like I think the Rogue is definitely the most interesting one that I played. But I think from from my play style, the Sorcerer is probably the one that I'm leaning towards. But I'm excited to play Druid and Necromancer because those are the two that I'm like, 
you know, going into this, I think are, are like the two that appeal to me the most, okay. um, both from a class fantasy perspective and just, you know, the gameplay styles of them. Cause the Druid is kind of a spellcaster, but also like a melee attacker, similar to the rogues blend of things where you can transform into a werewolf, but then you can also use like elemental spells. And then the Necromancer is another, you know, spellcasting class, but you've got, you know, your undead army to help you out. You summon a bunch of skeletons and stuff. So both of those are sound you- really cool. Are you saying, Ryan, that as the level 99 Archmage, you have some sort of affinity towards spellcasting characters? I am shocked and appalled. Yeah, I mean, it's true. But, I mean, I wasn't always like that, though, because, like, in the older Diablo games, believe it or not, I was always the bow character. Whether it was the rogue from Diablo 1 or the Amazon in Diablo 2, like, those were the classes I gravitated towards. And it wasn't until Diablo 3 that I was really mostly focusing on the spellcasting classes uh, with the the wizard or the witch doctor and things like that in Diablo 3. So, which, right. you know, before we move off the Diablo topic, I'm going to bring in Josh, who asked a Diablo question oh. as well. Uh, Josh asks, will you be playing a Diablo class that is new to you for Diablo 4, or will you stick with a class that you used to play in past Diablo games? So to answer your question, Josh, I'll know after this weekend, because that's one of the, the reasons I want to jump back in, despite Another big game I'm about to talk about at, in a second that wants to, of course, also steal all my time. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I so I don't really know. Like, I'm not 100%. I mean, I can tell you that I, pro- I definitely probably am not going to stick with the Sorcerer, though. I'm pretty sure it's probably going to be Necromancer or Druid is probably what I'm going to go with. So, um, and nice. that'll be different for me because I usually don't play those classes. Like I usually play the sorcerer or I play the rogue. Like those are the two char- character classes I usually play in Diablo. So I will definitely be departing from it. But Matt, you know, I have to, you know, throw this question at you. Um, are you, first of all, are you actually interested in Diablo four? Are you going to play it at all? Um, and second, if you do play, what do, what do you think you would play as that out of those five choices? So for me, I actually really, really love Diablo 3. Um, it was a game that when I was living in Korea at the time, uh, me, me and my friends would get together and we'd couch co-op, all four of us, on, on the back on the PS4. Um, trying to buy that game was a whirlwind because, of course, my credit cards and stuff wouldn't work properly out there. So I was like calling my mom, being like, can you go to Shoppers and get me a PlayStation Network card, please? Yeah. Um, so I really, really loved 3. And Senna and I ended up popping into it as well after we really enjoyed playing Minecraft Dungeons. So 4 is definitely on my radar. Um, I think from what you've described so far, the rogue is the one that I think sounds most fun to check out in my, like, I'm always usually going after the rogue archetype characters. Um, so I think I might check that out. So let me ask you this, Ryan, is this weekend an open beta? Am I able to hop in this weekend without having pre-ordered the game or bought a double down? Yep. It is open to everyone. You just have to install the client on whatever platform you want to play on. Um, and then, and go from there because, but yeah, it, cause it, the Diablo beta just opened at noon, uh, and then it runs until Sunday night. So, okay, like, well, I'm going I'm, to yeah, I'm download it right now. I will warn you, the servers will be packed today. So I would say the best time to check it out is tomorrow or Sunday. But uh, but yeah, so um, yeah, it's open now on every platform, Xbox, PC, PlayStation. In fact, that's the other nice thing about this weekend because I only had access on PlayStation before. Um, mm. So I'm finally going to get the chance to try it on PC, um, which I'm actually really excited to, to, to play it on. And then also on Xbox, I want to play it there as well. So I, like this is also a weekend where I'm going to pick out what platform I'm even going to play this game on at this point. And it might even be on PC, but we'll see. Really? Yeah. Because we'll, we'll talk, because transitioning to the other game that I played, Matt, um, I played uh, Resident Evil 4. It came out last night at midnight, 
And I talked about it a little bit on last week's show with Bad Bit about how we were talking about the demo. Um, I tried the demo on all three platforms and ended up thinking, feeling like it ran and looked way better on my PC than any either of the two consoles did. Really? Um, and Digital Foundry talks about this because they put up a, a definitive review today um, talking about some of the technical specs. But there's some weird... Um, there's some weird, like, anti-aliasing stuff on the PlayStation version where things almost look like they're out of focus in some places. And likewise, on Xbox, there's a problem with the controls as far as the way there's, like, a delay in the aiming and there's not really, like, there's a whole bunch of weird stuff. So it actually makes it harder to play on Xbox. So I already knew, like, because I knew that that wasn't getting patched out day one. So I was like, all right, I don't want to don't want to play on Xbox because of that. Cause it just sounds, that just sounds miserable to me. Cause it, mm-hmm. it was definitely miserable in the demo trying to play through it on Xbox. It was not as fun of an experience. Um, and all in all, I decided to pick this game up on PC rather than playing it on consoles, which is a first for me back because, um, it's been a very long time, a very long time since I bought a game on PC, let alone a game that was also on consoles, but I decided to play it on PC instead because that's defi- that's not the Ryan Turford MO at all. But because no. I don't actually have a TV in the other room now, so I'm playing all my games at my desk anyways now. My concern about playing games on my PC and having to sit at my desk to play games has been alleviated because now I'm doing that for all games now anyways. Um, so at this point, I was just like, well, I'm going to go with the game that r- the, the version that runs the best and plays the best. So I, I picked it up on PC, which is definitely a first for me. But I... I, I, I love Resident Evil 4. I love the original version. I'm probably, again, Carpool Gaming's biggest Resident Evil stan. Um, I love re- the, all the Resident Evil games. And Resident Evil 4 Remake has been pretty awesome so far. I'm about three and a half hours in. Um, but again, like I said, it just went live at midnight last night, so I haven't had a ton, to, a ton of time to play. Um, but it's just been really interesting just building off the conversation with Bad Bit and I last week had about the game just how many different changes they made to this game. Like all the areas feel like the areas from Resident Evil 4, but they've totally changed the layout as far as a lot of the, the, the pathways that you go through them or the enemies that spawn in every area. Uh, it just, the, my only kind of gripe about that is it almost feels like there's way too many enemies this time where some enemies, it almost feels like enemies are just respawning infinitely as I'm going through those areas, which it, it is not how I love Resident Evil because I love Resident Evil for, you know, the survival horrorness of it where, where you're, you know, you've got limited ammo and it's not, it doesn't feel like a shooter. And there are definitely times like uh, in Resident Evil 4 where it definitely feels like it's going much farther in that direction than even the original game did. Um, so that's, you know, one of my gripes and complaints. But otherwise, besides that, that gripe there, Everything else has been amazing. I, I finished the first boss in the lake. Um, they even made like the lake area in this game like a much more substantial area in this game where you have to you can actually go explore around the lake in a boat that you have. Um, and there's a bunch of different islands you can go to and stuff like that. Like it's really cool and interesting. So I love I love all the changes they made to this game besides the one I, I just talked about. And uh, I'm just excited to play more of this game. And uh, I will definitely have like a a, a review later on about Resident Evil 4, where I go kind of full full details about everything about the game. But, I mean, so far, so good. You know, we've heard the hype from people who reviewed it, how, you know, 10, 10 out of 10s all over the place for this game. Um, and I'm not in that camp yet, but I'm I'm really, really enjoying it so far. 
as a Resident Evil 4 fan. So no, nice. I really want to check it out as well. Like I, I Resident Evil 4 was the first Resident Evil that I checked out back on the GameCube way back when. Um, and I really, I remember really, really liking it. So for me, I think I'm going to, I have a bit of a backlog to get through right now, but once I'm done that, I think Resident Evil will probably be the next up on the list because it is looking pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's pretty amazing. And it's definitely going to, you know, be a nice palate cleanser this weekend for Diablo 4's beta because, and the main reason why I'm kind of putting Diablo 4 ahead of Resident Evil 4 this weekend is because, of course, the Diablo 4 beta is only this weekend. And then, of course, mm-hmm. you know, we can't play it till June. So I want to make sure to get my time in with that first. And then, like, I'm actually pretty sure I could probably finish Resident Evil by the time we do the podcast next week. So um, maybe we'll, maybe we will, I'll, because at the rate I'm playing it, that I mean, there's a good chance that I'll probably be able to finish it by then. So, well, knowing if Kevin Ainsworth is playing it, he's probably already finished it because he has no job. So there is that too. But uh, <laughs> last but not least, Matt, I gotta. I'm giving this a shout out. It's not an Xbox game. It's not even a new game. But I'm giving it a special shout. Out. I put out this tweet actually a couple days ago, Matt. That um, you know people don't love the board game monopoly as much because you know it can go on forever or it can be very mm-hmm. complicated. Uh, and of course, I rediscovered the love. For Monopoly on NES, Matt, because, you know, I, I decided to have a late night <laughs> NES game playing session where I bu- popped in a bunch of NES games into my NES, played a bunch of games there. And I, of course, was reminded about just how perfect of an interpretation Monopoly on NES is of the board game. It moves super quick. You can finish a game in five to ten minutes of Monopoly, which is crazy to think about when you think about how Monopoly works. There's great voice samples. Uh, the, the 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 visuals are very appealing. It just It's a game that really, really holds up today in a way I wasn't expecting, Matt. And uh, I got to give a shout out to Monopoly on NES. So there you go. Uh, I, okay. I, yeah. I, you could have given me a million guesses and never once would I've landed on Monopoly from way back when, um, it was, was there a particular anything, a, a trigger that brought you back to this game in this day and age at this time frame? I, I was just playing a bunch of NES games and that just happened to be in the box of games that right. was right next to me. And I was like, Oh, Oh yeah. Monopoly on NES. I'll play that again. And it was amazing. It was so good. It was so good. Um, okay. but, uh, anyways, Matt, before we go to breaking news, we got a bit of a mail call. I actually just oh. got this package like right before we started recording, like to the point okay. where I literally opened it up. I looked what was inside and then I called Matt to start the call for the show. So I wanted, I wanted to show it off here real quick because, you know, this is there's a package from Xbox Canada. They sent me this because there's a little card that goes along with this. So um, Xbox Canada sent me this uh, button right here. It says hit me, uh, please. On it. Uh, uh, that's in the lowercase there uh, with a Canadian flag, and you know I'm gonna I'm gonna read the card here. It says "Friendly Ragers," introducing the Canadian Rage button, a politer way to air out your gaming grievances. Every hit will reveal a friendlier and more Canadian way to express yourself in these momentary bouts of blind rage. So next time you're online and the unthinkable occurs, instead of letting your words fly in the proximity chat, just smash the rage button politely and let us do the talking for you. Now, I haven't actually I haven't actually pressed this button yet, Matt. I don't know what it actually says yet. I don't even know how loud this is going to be. So this is going to be a, a first. A carpool game we'll do it first. live. Uh, we'll do it live. All right. Ready for this? Matt, are you? Yeah. Brace yourself. I'm ready. I'm Great play, bud. Did, did you actually hear that? Great play, bud. Yeah. Can we try something, Ryan? Ryan, can we try one more thing? What? I'm going to I'm gonna poke. Can you press it as I poke so I feel like I also pressed it? Sure. Go ahead, Matt. This is, this, this is on you for timing. I believe in you. Okay, ready? Yep. 
can't win every time. Can't win every time. Yeah. Oh, Sean says, hold it closer to the mic. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Play, bud. There we go. So there we go. We got the Canadian rage button. Huge thank you to our friends at Xbox Canada for sending that my way. I don't know. I don't know what happened there, but I love how politely you pressed that, even though it's supposed to be a rage button. Look, I don't want to smash it into the microphone, Matt. Okay, there's it's only there's only so much that that I can do here. But anyways, Matt, mm. let's land the brakes on this conversation. It is time for some breaking news. Hate that sight so much. <laughs> so first off, you know, I don't know if you knew this, Matt, but Sean and I have a rule on this show. The rule okay. is we don't talk about the Activision Blizzard deal at all unless there's substantial news or if there's a Fair. specific reason for doing so. And today I woke up to something and I was like, we have to talk about this on the show, even if it's just for a teensy bit, because this is kind of like a big what I would consider anyways, a big change in the case here. So the CMA has officially narrowed its concerns with the Activision Blizzard deal to how the deal affects cloud gaming. No longer are they concerned with the gaming supply chain as they were before. Martin Coleman, chair of the independent panel of experts that the CMA um, contracted to look into this, said, quote, having considered the additional evidence provided, we are now provisionally concluded that the merger will no longer result in a substantial lessening of competition in console gaming services because the cost to Microsoft of withholding calls of duty from playstation would outweigh any gains taken in this taking some action so yeah this clearly indicates that you know beyond some com concerns that the cma has about cloud gaming um and how the deal is going to impact that um it sounds like they're good with this deal and you know they were the cma were the very first people opposed to the Activision Blizzard merger. So um, now I feel like this is like the starting of the dominoes of this deal actually going through where now that the European Union has said they're okay with some minor tweaks and now that the CMA has basically said the same thing, you know, I think it's only a matter of time before we hear the FTC basically saying the same thing. But what I see you nodding your head over there, Matt. So I want to ask you about this. What do you think this means for the deal? And do you think I'm off base saying that this is pretty much a, a, a sign that the deal is going to go through at this point? I think you're spot on to this. I can't see why, because like obviously the biggest talking point for anything over the last little while when it came to this deal was Call of Duty and the, the limitations that it would kind of come forward with exclusivity. Uh, I can't imagine that anything related to cloud gaming is going to be a substantial hurdle. I don't even think that anything within that wheelhouse, within the Bethesda wheelhouse, is substantially linked to cloud gaming anyway. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I mean, I think there's still concerns about game pass streaming and how much of a hold it has currently on the cloud gaming market worldwide i think that the, sure, and, and adding okay. a game like call of duty to that i think um tips that sc those scales even more i think that's what they're concerned about more than anything which especially which now that brings... cd is not around we really just have luna and then a cup and like a couple smaller services that we know about which now makes sense, the stories that have been going around the last couple of weeks of them making deals with smaller streaming, you know, agents to be able to keep Call of Duty on those platforms. Um, which, I mean, like, I can't, I, I'd be, I'd be hard-pressed to really believe that a lot of people are playing Call of Duty through cloud streaming anyway. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this for me is just, it's just the canary in the coal mine. I think this is really, like you mentioned, the first domino and that June-July time frame, which is, I think, is what initially we were talking about about a year ago already. 
um seems to be a pretty realistic time frame that in terms of like you know when this deal will kind of get wrapped up um i'm not surprised and i mean it seems that sony's uh, every attempt that they've made to you know really slow this down or to stop it entirely I think this is the end, and I'd be I'd be hard pressed to believe that they were going to do anything else after this. If the CMA is getting ready to kind of you know approve it with some cloud gaming discrepancies aside, if if Call of Duty is no longer an issue for them, and I like them that that quote that basically said Microsoft withholding Call of Duty from PlayStation would outweigh any gains from taking such action. Like they've been very very vocal in how much they're willing to play ball for at least the next decade, um, and that gives plenty of time for PlayStation to figure something else out if they make that decision ten years from now. I think this is a lock. This is just a matter of time at this point. Um, and I'm just, I'm Ryan, very one. I am very excited for this story to be over, regardless yeah. of the outcome. Like, I'm, I'm glad that we're starting to see light at the end of the tunnel yeah. for the end of this <laughs> this conversation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, that's one of the things I'm looking forward to most about this. You know, just the idea that, you know, we can finally just move on and talk about, you know, the games themselves rather than rather than this deal going through. So I know, um, like, the CMA's final decision has to come at the end of April, so we'll know the decision on that very quickly, because um, then they'll have to, because they have to basically draft up between now and then, you know, a, a, a document with all the, um, you know, demands for Microsoft, and Microsoft has to accept it between now and then. Um, and, yeah, at this point, I think it's just, and barring the FTC doing something, I think, you know, this summer we can finally put this story to bed and finally and just get back to talking about games again, um, which will be around the time that Diablo 4 comes out. So it'll be perfect timing. See, I'm just now waiting on uh, the heel turn from Xbox after all this is done and being like, haha, joke's on you. Call of Duty is ours. PlayStation, suck it. You're never getting this stuff again. Yeah. Um, and that means that we'll never stop talking about this deal even after it's over. But uh, let's see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Well, next up. You know, it's that time of the month, Matt, that we got our second Game Pass update. So the following games are coming to Xbox Game Pass. Pretty short list, actually, I will say, at this point in the month. We got New Nukuni 2, Revenant Kingdom, The Prince's Edition. It's out today, if you're on Game Pass. And then you've got MLB The Show 23 coming next week, March 28th. Um, and then Infinite Guitars coming out day and date as well, March 30th, out next week as well. But... The following games are leaving Game Pass, and there's a lot more games in this list, although there's not too many notable games here that, that we'll, we'll note. But it, all these games are leaving March 31st. We got A Memoir Blue, Chinatown Detective Agency, Cluster Truck, Double Dragon Neo, Kraken Academy, MLB The Show 22, and Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. I don't know what Court's going to do now, Matt, now that MLB The Show 22 finally leaving game pass he'll have to, he's finally has to leave that version of the game behind at this point ryan it's it's a fool's errand to believe that he doesn't already own it on every platform imaginable so even though it's leaving game pass that game is not leaving him especially with 23 now hitting the services um i think the list of games coming yeah whatever like i never jumped into nino kuni 2 like i hit a difficulty wall in the first one that i really got annoyed with and just never went back MLB The Show 23 is obviously exciting. Uh, I know a lot of people are very excited about that. Infinite Guitars, I have no idea what that is, but that feels like a Fate Zero reference that I'm missing. If um, only, but it's just, it's just, <laughs> it's, an, it's the Unlimited Blade Works of rhythm games, Matt. That's what I'm saying, right? It's just, you know, Infinite Guitars everywhere. Uh, in terms of the games leaving, um, I, I want to kind of highlight 
Kraken Academy, which is a really, really charming indie game uh, that doesn't take that long to play through. I think you can get it done in like 10 to 12 hours. Uh, I'd recommend if anybody's looking for a fun, uh, a really fun game that I really, really enjoyed when it came out last year, uh, I'd, I'd encourage people to check that out before it leaves the service. Uh, the basic setup for it is you, att- you get to this like high school, this like demonic-esque high school, and there you meet a giant Kraken that's signaling the end of the world that will come in the three days time. And you're basically up trying to figure out um how to prevent the apocalypse uh it's very very tongue-in-cheek it's very funny um it does not take itself seriously at all and it's it is just a ton of fun so if anybody uh you know is interested i'd recommend checking that out before it leaves because i think that game is one that was slept on and it's just very charming and it's very fun um go check out kraken academy before it's gone from game pass nice Uh, that's awesome yeah that's one of the reasons why i always like to mention the games that are leaving is you know sometimes we love to give games like that a shout out that you know got missed and stuff like that and that does come up every once in a while the other one i want to give a shout out to as well as power rangers battle for the grid which was a game that didn't review well when it came out because it had a lot of problems at launch but it's a power rangers fighting game um and it's received a bunch of uh, updates and new characters and stuff because it's actually a pretty popular game um and it's a definitely a much better playing game now that it's received its updates and i actually think uh that's a game as well that you shouldn't sleep on you should at least probably consider checking out, uh, especially if you like Power Rangers at all, or if you like fighting games, I actually think it's actually a pretty good uh, choice as well. And, and, you know, Sean points out in the chat as well, I honestly wish the monthly drop of games had a bigger moment, is what Sean said. Yeah, between, like, Wulong Fallen Dynasty, if I can say the name correctly, um, was, <laughs> was kind of the big drop at the beginning of the month. But beyond that, it just really feels like you know, this was kind of like a down mo- a month for Xbox, uh, for Game Pass. Like, we had some, you know, notable games come in, like MLB The Show or Nino Kuni 2, but um, I definitely, when I look at what PlayStation Plus brought into the extra tier this month and I compare that w- to what we've got here, I just really feel like um, it just wasn't enough this time around. Like, it was, g- I think we had two good day and date releases on Game Pass this month. But beyond that, I, I do think that it is, um, you know, slimmer pickings, I think, this month, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah, you can't I mean, win them all, Matt, at this point. Exactly. Not not every month is going to be a hit. So, you, you know, there are, there are games here that people will hop in and check out, I'm sure. But um, also, Power Rangers, a great time to check that out before we get that Netflix special next month where they bring back a bunch of the OG Rangers. Saw that trailer. I am hyped about it. So maybe I'll ride the hype train into checking out Battle for the Grid before that comes out next month because I cannot wait, Ryan. I'm so excited for that. I don't know how yeah, – no idea if it's going to be good, but I'm still excited to check it out. I mean, I'm sure it'll be good Good for Power Rangers fans at least. I, whereas yeah. I, haven't, I haven't seen Power Rangers anything in a very long time. So, Dude, me neither. This is like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers coming back and stuff. Oh, this is like OG. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, it's going to be so weird. But uh... Yeah. Anyways, moving on. I'm I, This is a very much a Ryan Turford announcement, so I have to bring it up here. But Sonic <laughs> Origins is getting an expansion called Sonic Origins Plus that will unlock Amy as a playable character for all the games that were included in the original version, as well as 12 Game Gear Sonic games. So we're getting Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic 2, Sonic Triple Trouble, Sonic Chaos, Sonic Spinball, Sonic Blast, Sonic Drift 1 and 2, Sonic Labyrinth, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, Tails' Adventure and Tails' Sky Patrol. Sonic Origins Plus will release on June 23rd with existing owners being able to upgrade for $10 to get all these games. The game is also getting a physical release 
for the very first time as well. It comes with like an art book and stuff, which is pretty cool. Um, as someone who reviewed Sonic Origins last year, I actually thought that this was a pretty good collection of the first four Sonic games um, with some meaningful updates to them. As far as, you know, they told us from the announcement, we're not getting any of those updates for the Game Gear games. They're basically just going to be playable in their original state, um, you know, with the new achievements and things like that. But beyond that, they're they're pretty much going to be the games as is. Um, but, you know, 10, 12 games for $10 is actually a pretty good deal to me. Like, I'm actually, you know, very, very excited for this because I love, the, I actually think the Sonic Game Gear games are pretty fun. Um, in fact, most of the games in this list are actually not like not only were they fun back then, but I actually think a lot of them still hold up today and are still very playable and fun. Um, the only downside, of course, is that I only wish that the that Sonic 1 and Sonic 2 that were in here were the Master System versions instead of the Game Gear versions, um, because the Game Gear has like a, a, a sh smaller aspect ratio than the Master System. Um, like they almost cropped the picture out. So it's actually harder to play those games than the Master System originals. Mm. Um, but I, other than that, I actually think this is a slam dunk for anyone who bought the game before. Or if you haven't bought it already, like this will be the perfect way to hop in because you can buy it just all at one price. So Matt, any interest at all? Do you care about Sonic? What do you think? Uh, I, I do like Sonic. I think this is a pretty substantial up upgrade. Like usually we'll get these kind of like game of the year editions that don't really add to too much outside of kind of, you know, pulling the package together for 12 bonus games. I think that's awesome. Adding a, uh, Amy as a playable character is super cool. Um, I have to ask Ryan, cause I've never played any of these. Uh, is there one from this list that gets you more excited than the rest? Is there one that you're particularly looking forward to? So there's a couple that I'm that I'm going to throw in here. Number one, Sonic Triple Trouble. I played that a ton on the Game Gear back in the day. Um, it was basically uh, an original Sonic game for the Game Gear um, that was very different from from everything else that was out there. And it, I just had a ton of fun playing it. Um, but also Tales of Tales of Adventure because that game is very expensive on the Game Gear. Like it's one of the Game Gear's most expensive games. Um, and mm. I'm just really excited that it's going to be preserved in a meaningful way on on current gen platforms or for be able, for people to be able to play because a lot of these games um you could actually get through the 3ds eShop um as you know 3ds virtual console games um but now the vir virtual or the 3ds you know virtual console or eShop is going away uh i'm glad that you know now we're going to be able to get these in kind of a modern collection i think so yeah i think the standout uh games would be some of triple trouble and tales it is tales of adventure which tales of adventure is basically like an action rpg it's not a normal sonic game like it's very different just like like a lot of these games are very different from your normal thing i mean sonic drift one and two it was it's basically mario kart but with sonic characters or uh <laughs> sonic's labyrinth which is kind of like this puzzle game um that where you're going around this this dun these dungeon areas and solving puzzles and stuff so i think there's a lot of like neat ideals that went into the these game gear games and they're not all just platformers i like that there's a, some good variety here with these games but, nice yeah Sega, of course, went all out with Sonic on the Game Gear. Because, <laughs> again, there's so many more Sonic games on Game Gear than literally any platform in existence. Which is funny <laughs> to think about. But moving on to another game. You know, speaking of racing games, Matt, I don't know if you saw this trailer. 2K 
have announced a new Lego racing game called Lego 2K Drive, where you can build your own racers and vehicles. It'll arrive on Xbox One and Series X and S on May 19th. Um, this game looks awesome, Matt. It looks like it's apparently going to play like Burnout, where it's going to be like an open world Lego game where you build your ra- your, your racer and your car. Um, but it's also going to be very arcadey like Burnout. And of course, me being a Burnout stan, Matt, that's all they needed to tell me. Burnout mixed with Lego, like, I'm sold. This game looks awesome and I can't wait to play it. But did you get a chance to check out this trailer at all? Dude. After I saw we were going to be talking about this, I not only watched the trailer, I also watched IGN's preview. And this game looks a lot better than I think I gave it credit for when I heard about the initial announcement. Um, the kind of fluidity and almost like the like vehicle loadouts that you basically have as you kind of transition from, depending the type of like road that you're on, uh, you know, and how it morphs quickly and how you can even turn into a boat and all this stuff. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and again, similar, Burnout Stan here. So I, you tell me it's a game like Burnout, I'm more, much more inclined to check it out. i also big fan of the turnaround, you know, from the announcement to this game coming out and basically less than two months after. Fantastic. I want more of this kind of stuff. I think my only worry about this game is that it is 2K obviously leading the way, and yeah. I'm a little bit worried that this is going to be microtransactioned, uh, you know, there and back again. Um, so I'm, I'm a little bit nervous that it's going to, I don't think I'm worried about it feeling pay to win, but there's probably going to be a ton of cosmetic stuff that they're probably going to lock. And I think even the pre-order, the way the, pre, the way that the pre-orders are and the different editions that they have already starts to feel like that. Yeah. So I think that's my only kind of upfront worry is just how much am I going to have to put into this game to kind of feel like I'm getting a full experience comparatively. But I think the game itself in terms of like mechanics and the way that it like the way that it looks like it's going to play looks like it's going to be a ton of fun. I just hope they don't shoot themselves in the foot by making it too microtransaction heavy. Yeah. Cause that is always the, the worry with a lot of, you know, games of this type from 2k. Um, I'm not as worried about it. Cause I feel like there's going to be enough cosmetic stuff where you can probably build some pretty creative stuff, even with what you just have in the base game. Um, mm. But we'll see. I, I think it, this is the type of thing too, where unfortunately, the other issue with this announcement is because it's May 19th, you know, Tears of the Kingdom comes out the week before. And then, you know, two right. weeks later, we're in Final Fantasy 16 and Diablo 4 territory. Like at that point, it is going to be a tough window for this game. But obviously it appeals to, you know, a different crowd than anything else. here. Like we don't have another racing game really that True. releases around this time. Like the only one that I know of for this year, besides, you know, the, the yearly F1 games is Forza coming out sometime this fall. Like beyond that, we don't really have any other racing games. So definitely if you're looking for a racing game to play like a new one, like this might be your only, only option for a while. Um, but uh, I do think it might get lost a little bit in the shuffle, which is part of the reason why, like, I'm probably not going to pick, like, this is probably not a day one for me. This is like, you know, especially knowing how 2K puts their games on sale. Like, this mm-hmm. is probably like a, a, a wait for sale kind of thing, as much as I am excited about this. Because this game, especially because, like, again, I, like, really like the LEGO racing games uh, back on N64 and whatnot. Like, I, I've always loved the idea of bringing lego and racing together in meaningful ways so i'm really excited by the concept but uh it's just yeah it's tough timing for this game i think yeah i think that's a really great point this this is easily like a a wait for sale or even like a wait for game pass or playstation plus for me as well like again and that's no shade to the game itself i think like you mentioned it's just hitting at a very very packed window 
Um, and again, like going into E3, going into Summer Game Fest, we're just going to get a, like a deluge of announcements about what's coming in the back half of the year, which again will probably drain even more out of this game's hype kind of around that period. But let's see. Like I, I hope it does well. I hope it plays fun, and I'm, I'm curious to check it out whenever the time comes. Yeah. All in all, I'm just hoping it's awesome because it looks yeah. great. It looks very promising so far. But last but not least, and this one I, I save for this one for last, just because I don't think you and I have a ton to say about this one, but I want to at least acknowledge it here because otherwise, um, you know, Andrew Simicek and Sean Capri would not, you know, let me let me live this one down. Uh, Paramount uh, Global Senior Vice President Doug Rosen revealed in an interview with Polygon that a God of War style game based off the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic The Last Ronin is currently in development. No developer or release date were named the Rosen had indicate that it is still a few years away. So first off, you know, brand new turtles games coming based off the last Ronin going to be like God of war because the, for folks at home that don't know the synopsis of the last Ronin, why you're only playing as one turtle is because it's a, it's a story like an alternate history uh, story in the future where all the turtles have been killed except for one um, who actually uses all the weapons of all the turtles. Um, who's basically on a, you know, a journey of vengeance to try and take down Shredder again for, to, to avenge his fellow turtles. And you don't, the thing is, you don't know which turtle it is who's using all the weapons. You just know it's one of the turtles. They have all the weapons and, and they're taking them down. The other three have been killed. So I think that's like a really interesting idea for a game. Um, but Court, what do you think? Uh, not Court. Why did I call you Court, Matt? Oh my God, what is wrong? Because Court just showed up in the chat. That's why. Okay. What? What's? What's up, Matt? What? What's your question? Also, Sean Capri points out Shredder's not the villain. I do nope, apologize for that. It's his. It's his grandson. So actually, we had a question come up exactly like this on the PlayStation Drive just a short, like a few short weeks ago that Seth and I touched on, basically asking for exactly this: a last Ronin game in the style of God of War. And we talked at length about that. So if you're curious about that. Um, after that conversation, I actually went to the library and picked up The Last Ronin. I picked up like the collection and read through it. Really, really liked it. So a couple things. You do find out which turtle it is by the end of the first issue. Um, so that's, But that is kind of left up to, you know, mystery for the first little bit. And, his, and the main villain is Shredder's grandson, who has kind of assumed responsibility of the Foot Clan. Um, I'm really, really excited about this. I think the idea for this is super, super cool reading as i was reading it i was kind of thinking i was like how would i make this into a video game and there's some really cool stuff that they could do with it um there's some like some of the flashbacks occur in this almost like kurosawa very black and white style so if they kind of flip between art styles and even like uh color schemes in between the flashbacks and kind of present day i think that could be really really cool um the story is dark uh, i really hope that they kind of keep that intact just because i know i want this to be like m-rated I don't want them to kind of soften the blow to try and make this a little bit more PG, given that it is the Turtles. Um, I think that this has the potential to be really, really awesome. I think my biggest question, and obviously my biggest worry, is who's on this, yeah. right? Like, we we don't know the developer that's on this. They went on to say that, like, they feel like the developer is a good match for the 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 kind of style of game. So I'm hoping that they, whoever's working on this, I hope they are as excited to kind of jump into this specific story because of how good it really truly is. And I hope, like, again, more questions arise, platforms, you know, release window, everything else. But I just love that this is actually happening because I think this could be 
really awesome. And I know a lot of people have been asking for like a big budget Turtles game. Uh, I mean, this may not be exactly what people have been hoping for, but I know there's a lot of people very, very excited about the last round in. And uh, that hype bled into me. I checked it out. Now I, I'm also on the hype train. I cannot wait for this. I think this is really, really cool. Nice, nice. Yeah, whereas I just, again, don't really know anything about this, but I'm excited because it sounds like a really cool game where you where you have like a, a big budget Turtles game that plays like God of War with a bunch of different weapon types and stuff like that. Like, I think it's going to be really interesting, especially with what they do with the visual style. So I'm excited to learn more, but it sounds like we're not going to know anything about this for at least a while. Um, any predictions on the developer? My prediction, Matt, Team Ninja is developing this game. You know, after after Wolong Fallen Dynasty, after Neo and Neo 2, they're like, we need a d- developer that can do fast action games that are also mature. Um, so we're we're gonna go with uh, we're gonna go with Team Ninja. But what who do you think is developing this game? If you had to guess, I think Team Ninja is a really great call. Um, I wouldn't even be surprised to see if somebody like a platinum would get a shot at it because um, I think that could work really well as well. I think kind of my biggest question is. I don't know if this will end up getting caught up in the battle for exclusivity because if that does end up being the case, there are a number of studios on both like the PlayStation and Xbox side that I think could be really great for it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Sony Santa Monica, I don't think would ever be the actual choice, but how amazing it would be for them to have that kind of shake at it. But I also would be really, really curious to see, and correct me if I'm wrong, is it the coalition that does Gears of War? Yep. I think if, if it is somebody like that as well, I think the coalition could do something very, very cool with this. I know given that they're, you know, a, a shooter, you know, um, they develop a lot of shooters, but I think in the right hands, I think this could be something that's very, very cool. So I'm kind of of that mind of it as well. Is I really wonder, will this get caught up in exclusivity? And if so, I think Team Ninja is a pretty solid slam dunk as well. Yeah. I mean, with Platinum... It, it makes sense when when you think about that, but the only reason why I would say it probably won't be Platinum is because if you remember what happened with the last time Platinum developed a Turtles game, it did not go well, and it was a game that didn't sell well, and I just don't know if they want to go back to Platinum after okay. what happened with the last... Because they did uh, Mutants in Manhattan, that one okay. game that, that came out last console generation. It got like a 50 on Metacritic and didn't sell well, so... Do, do you think we get FromSoft on this, Ryan? No, because FromSoft is too busy doing... <laughs> Some other thing. But uh, the real question is, will it be Double Fine or, T- or Team Asobi then? You know, because you talked about, you know, first party studios. I mean, clearly, you know, clearly th- those are the ones that make the most sense, actually. Or do we get Blue Point doing it? Yeah, that's true. There you Again, go. There's a bunch of great options out there. Or, or no, Ryan, we missed the most obvious answer out of all um, of these. Blue, Blue Box. Box Studios. Yeah. Going forward, I think Xbox in response to the titular, absolutely substantial developing studio that is Blue Box have actually probably in the works of starting their own studio called Green Box in response. And that's where this is. Watch. Clip it. Yeah. It's over. It's over. <laughs> you found a way to bring Blue Box back. Matt. Congratulations. <laughs> Well, let's let some of our friends into the car with it. It is, it is time for the carpool. We got one question this week uh, coming from Darth Stradius, who asked the question, after the previews of Redfall, has your changed your excitement about it? What about it are you looking forward to? Now, here's the thing, Matt. I mm. actually did not read the previews for Redfall at all because I, I at this point, I've seen enough of the game where I'm, I'm just staying, like I'm on media blackout at this point where I don't, I don't want to learn too much more about the game at this point where I'm like, you know what? I'm ready to just play this game now. I'm just ready for Redfall to come out. 
I'm ready to play Fortnite on Game Pass. Kind of like what happened before Deathloop came out. Like, I'm in that mm-hmm. same camp where I'm like, all right, I've seen enough of this game. I don't need to read anymore. So I personally did not read the previews for Redfall. I will say the chatter I've heard from the previews and it sounding more like your traditional arcane style game, but with vampires actually has me more worried for the game that mm-hmm. I probably won't enjoy it because I don't really like the gameplay loop of traditional ga- um, arcane games at all. Um, so I'm hoping that I'm really enjoying it. But the, the nice thing is it's on Game Pass, so I'm not going to have to worry about buying it. I'm just going to download it when it comes out and try it out. And if it's not for me, then I'm just going to kind of put it down. But there isn't really anything that jumps out for me, but I'm going to ask you anyways, Matt, did you have a chance to uh, check out the preview coverage at all for Redfall? So the only preview that I checked out was a friend of mine, Mr. Midas, over at Mr. Midas Games, who got to go hands-on with the game early. And his basic kind of like, you know, quick summary without spoiling too much was that he wasn't overly impressed with it either. But he was talking about how he kind of saw the potential for it more as the multiplayer co-op kind of side of it. So I think similarly, like I'm kind of on blackout for this. I'm excited about it. I'm ready for it when it comes out on Game Pass uh, in May. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to check it out there because again, I, I will be downloading it. And like, for me, anything arcane has been hit or miss. I really liked the original Dishonored and I really liked Deathloop. Deathloop kind of caught me by surprise. So I am kind of going into this, um, expecting a good game. Is this going to be game of the year? Is this going to be even an eight out of 10? I'm kind of going in with the expectations that this will probably be a solid seven. Mm-hmm. And if it's anything more than that, I'm kind of, uh, you know, I'll be pleasantly surprised. Uh, I'm expecting to you know hop in, possibly play with some friends and check it out. But I think you know, I'm, I'm curious to get my hands on it. I don't think the previews are really going to sway me one way or the other. As you mentioned, it's on Game Pass. It's a fantastic way to hop in and check out if the game is right for you or not. So yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I, at this point, I'm like, yeah, I'm just ready for it to come out. Especially because it was supposed to come out last year, as you know, got delayed a couple times. Like I, I'm just ready for Redfall to be out at this point and play mm-hmm. so it, it just you know it, it just makes me sad that it comes out a week before tears of the kingdom as well as a whole bunch of other games so it's just it, unfortunately it's also kind of like what we talked about with lego it's kind of in a busy window but anyways i think that's gonna do it for this week's show matt again huge thank you again for joining me this week i really appreciate you coming on the show with me uh where can people find you on the internet my friend yeah, my dude, uh, always around to hop in and talk all things Xbox. I love this thing. Um, as for me, you can find me over on Twitter at Matt underscore Silversoul, Silver Soul, or you can find us each and every week on the PlayStation Drive, uh, which will basically be the MLB Drive uh, for the next little while as Court really sinks his teeth into it, and I approach that as a newcomer. Come hang out with us Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern. What about you, Ryan? Oh, well, thank you for throwing the question back at me. Well, you can load up your 3DS internet browser and go to the web address http colon forward slash forward slash www.twitter.com slash Ryan Turford. You can also find us on Twitter at Carpool Gaming on YouTube at youtube.com slash Carpool Gaming on podcast services around the globe. So for Matt Zawinski, I'm Ryan Turford. This has been episode 283 of the Xbox Drive. Only 17 more episodes until episode 300 and we're out bow 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 bow